Welcome to The Daily Win, a Today App podcast. My name is Shay Antunes. Our guest today is Randy Thompson. This episode is part one of a two-part series with Randy. He started his insurance career in 2004 in the rural community of Afton, Wyoming, which is located in the Western Mountains south of Yellowstone. Afton has a population of about 2,000 folks, and he serves the surrounding county of about 15,000 people. And even though he's in a rural area, he has consistently qualified um, over the last 15 years as one of the top 50 agents in the entire country. He has qualified for MDRT, which is Million Dollar Roundtable, the top top 1% of all financial service agents. He's qualified for MDRT 16 years in a row, and he's been a President's Club agent 29 times in those 16 years. Prior to his insurance agency career, he was a teacher and a coach, and he brings his experience as a wrestling coach to the business world where he practices the same principles of success with his team in the business. He's been married for 29 years as the father of six kids, and he spends his spare time in a wrestling room with his boys or on horseback somewhere in the mountains with his family and friends. And I believe he had a new horse born either the day we recorded or the day before we we recorded. So that's pretty awesome. And now on top of all of that, Randy is a published author with the release of the book Paychecks Never Lie, which came out earlier this month, May of 2020. And you can find it on Amazon and other online book retailers. Also, in this episode, we'll check in with Today App founder Mansoor Hassan in the Founders Corner. Thank you all so much for listening, and here's part one of our interview series with top insurance agent, coach, and author Randy Thompson. Welcome back to The Daily Win, a Today App podcast. I am extremely excited about our guest today. Our guest today is Randy Thompson. He is an awesome agent with the company he represents. But on top of that, he is now an author. And so we're going to talk a little bit about his book today as well. Randy, how are you? I'm doing excellent. Thanks, Shay. Awesome. Awesome. Well, we're excited to have you on with your experience and just everything that that you bring to the table. I think this will be a rich listening experience for for our listeners. Something I like to ask all of our guests is, how how did you get your start in the insurance business? Well, the, the local agent in my little town was wanting to retire and move on. And, uh, he'd been recruiting me. I taught at the local high school and coached and he bugged me a few times in the past and I declined, but I was just getting a little tired of living uh, paycheck to paycheck as a, as a teacher to coach. And some of the politics that uh, you deal with in education, I uh, had kind of had a gut full. And so when he approached me the final time, I was like, what the hell? I can give this a wing and make it work. And I really wanted to provide a little bit more for my family than what we were doing. And so though I didn't know anything about insurance, I knew that if you roll up your sleeves and get to work and you work hard, you typically find success. And so um, that that was my start, but nothing magical, just a lot of grind initially. Yeah, everyone has to take that first step. So that transition from being a teacher and a coach into insurance, how, how did that conversation go with your family? How did you approach <laughs> that? 
Uh, my mother cried. She thought I was going to be a train wreck, you know, and I wasn't going to do anything eventful with my life. And frankly, her words have rung true in my ears a number of times, and it's motivated me to make sure I keep doing what needs to be done in order to win. Uh, my wife was very supportive. I think she felt I was getting a little frustrated in the career I was at, and she's like, well, yeah, go for it. So, you know, we burned our uh, ships when we got to the the coast and we weren't turning around and we were going to make it, make a go of this. And it's worked out excellent for us. So not everyone was, was initially on board, but I would say at this point, they're probably on board 16 years uh, into it. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. It's been, uh, it's been excellent. And I have um, more control of my time. We just are able to give more back to our community and to our family. That, tell me a little bit more about that. You, you made that 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 transition. So I know that the budgeting of time is just different in any career that you're in. So when you made that jump from being a teacher and being a coach to being an agent with the company you represent, how, how did you approach the the management of your time each day? I think the first couple of years was school of hard knocks because I didn't know anything about insurance. So I had to work extremely hard, but I recognized that if I was going to do well in this business, I had to master my craft. And so the first couple of years were, you know, 80 hour work week, six days a week and burning the candle at both ends. But as I became more proficient and confident myself, and then in developing my team, I've been able to, you know, really pull it back to the point now where I work four days a week, about four or five hours a day. It's not bad at all. And my team, they all work four days a week. And I really believe that part of being good at what you do is making sure you manage your time carefully, uh, work very efficient with your time, and and then also regroup. You know, I've coached wrestling for a lot of years, and one of the things that most uh, new coaches make as a mistake is grinding too hard and not giving their athletes time to recover. And if you really want to peak at the right time when you're moving into that state championship tournament, you've got to have let your wrestlers have a little time to recuperate and rest. And I've taken that uh, same approach with me and my team, and it works really well year over year. Interesting. What, one of the things that you talked about was like using the minimum effective dose with just about everything in, in your agency. Could you elaborate a little bit on that? Yeah. So in, in the book that I written, Paychecks Never Lie, uh, we talk about what we call the 212 degrees principle, this concept that it doesn't take more heat or energy to boil water than the 212 degrees that physics say it takes to turn water into gas, right? Well, the same concept applies in our businesses. We have a hard job to do, and so do our teams in it, and they juggle a lot of balls every single day. And I believe that my goal is to make their jobs as simple as possible and as effective or efficient as possible in order to get the work done. So the concept of minimum effective dose is simply understood as this. If I have a headache, I can take two Tylenol to take that headache and make it go away, or I can take the entire bottle. If I take the entire bottle, I probably won't ever have a headache again, right? And I probably won't be living either. We don't need <laughs> to overdose our team and slap them and whip them and throw mud at the wall. And unfortunately, 
in a lot of companies, sales leaders are throwing mud at the wall to get agents to do more. And then we turn around and regurgitate that to the team. And then we wonder why our team's burned out or going through team members all the time or they're not accomplishing their task. And bottom line is we got to simplify their jobs, not throw more at them. I don't know if that answers your question, but that's really the premise behind it. And you could obviously read more in the book. And you say it in the book, and and I've heard you say it before, the team member's job's hard enough to begin with. Uh, and a- adding anything additional muck to muddy up the water just makes it even makes it even harder. Randy, what, what, one thing that I was wondering in, 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 in conversations that I've had with other high-achieving agents, most agents have uh, had an aha moment or a big transition moment in their careers where they made that jump from being good to great. Did you have one of those like pivotal points where you made where you made the conscious decision to make the jump to greatness? I don't know. I, I don't know if I consider myself great. I'm just a hard worker. I'm a farm boy that knows how to get his hands dirty. Um, I can tell you that I had an experience that makes me different than a lot of agents. And it was right towards the end of my first year. I worked really hard and I was throwing lots of mud at the wall and I was having some success. But in the back of my mind, I was going, I'm going to burn out if I keep doing this. Like I can't keep doing this for an entire career, right? And I could see the writing on the wall. Like there's no way I'm going to continue this pace if I don't figure out a way to get better at my job. And a colleague just in passing had mentioned a book. And uh, it was a book that's a little outdated now. This was written back in like 03, but the book's called Misfortune 101. It was written by Doug Andrews. And, and the book is about life insurance. I didn't know if there were any books about life insurance out there. I just read what was in the system and called my customers, right? And I picked up that book and I began to read it. And the whole premise behind it was how to use life insurance as a savings vehicle. I was mm-hmm. like, oh. Insurance is more than just a death benefit. That The idea and this concept of how I could overfund an account to create wealth for myself blew me away to the point where it's like, I want to master this. I want to know this as well as I want to know how to wrestle when I go out on a mat to meet my opponent. I read that book 26 times. Wow. Because I didn't have a mentor or anybody to give me any guidance, and I read it over and over and over and over again. I wanted to get these concepts. I wanted to understand it so well it was in the marrow of my bones. And by the 26th time, I was so sick of reading it, I could could regurgitate literally what was on every single page. I read it so many times um, that it was that depth of understanding that really – changed me and provided a foundation of uh, moving forward. And and I've read a lot of books, and I, I believe that leaders are readers. And so if we are going to be good at what we do, we need to constantly be educating and improving ourselves and mastering our craft. And um, that's probably, in my opinion, what really allowed me to shift from not really knowing what I was doing or really becoming laser focused. And we've been very successful in the financial services arena for the last, you know, going on 17 years now. Uh, we've been one of the top 50 agents in the country every single year in, in life and health insurance. And we're very proud of that. That's awesome. Um, so just being one of the top life, one of the top health and top overall agents with the company you represent, where does that passion, where does that drive to 
be on top? Uh, and where does that passion and drive for managing your clients' risk come from? Hmm. Well, I don't know. I mean, I, I feel like I, I, I'm not credible if I'm not um, delivering, right? So one, sure. I've got to know what I'm doing. Two, I can't just talk about it. I got to do it, right? It, I, like, no one's going to be interested in reading my book if I'm not actually performing as well. You know, if this guy sucked at selling life insurance and he's telling you how to sell life insurance, are you going to listen to him? So I really believe that I want, I want to be credible in the company's eyes, in my peers' eyes, and definitely in my team's eyes and my customers' eyes. And the only way that can happen is if you're willing to go to work every single day and uh, get results. One of the other accolades that you've achieved multiple times over is million dollar round table. What, what has that meant to you being an MDRT agent? You know, it's fantastic. Being in the property casualty world, there's not a lot of agents at the MDRT level that ever achieve that. Like there's probably eight or 9,000 agents around the world, top 1% of financial advisors and insurance agents in the world actually qualify for this. And uh, I thought I was pretty good when I qualified the first time. I'm like, oh, I must be awesome. You know, one of the top agents in my company. Uh, I show up at MDRT and they have this rookie um, kind of meeting for brand new first time qualifiers. And we're sitting at this table and I, I meet this guy named Brad Edelman who has made a name for himself. He's an independent out of California. And I turned to him, I'm like, Brad, so nice to meet you. Tell me, what did you do in your first year to qualify for this? He's like, oh, I did about 60 million. What? I'm like, you did 60 million in life insurance premiums? He's like, yeah. I'm like, oh my gosh, how many cases is that? He goes, oh, I think we did about 600. I'm like, you did 600 cases and 60 million in life insurance? And I'm starting to feel really small, right? Because uh, I, I wasn't like that. And I'm like, oh my gosh, not realizing what a tremendous producer he was. I turned to the guy to the right and I, his name was Mike. He, he grew up in South Africa, Johannesburg, but he was living on a yacht in Hong Kong. And I was like, well, what did you do to get here? And uh, he spoke pretty good English, obviously. And, and he said, well, I did, I did about a million. I'm like, you did a million in premium? Whoa. And I was like, how many cases is that? And he goes, oh, I did 11. You did 11 <laughs> cases and did a million in life premium? And he goes, yeah, we're around 100,000 a case. I'm like, wow, well, I think I may have just got a little bit over 100000 in premium, thinking that that was something fantastic. And so I guess what I'm trying to say is MDRT really opened my eyes to how big this world can be, this financial services world. And I was just barely scratching the surface. And uh, I still have never come even close to what some of these um, guys in the industry do. So it's been a real blessing. I'm in an MDRT study group. I'm the only person in my company in that group. Everybody else okay. is with other companies. And and so we, we see things in different lenses and it's really allowed me to open my eyes to how big the opportunities can be if we just ask and talk about it. I'm still uh, scratching my head at doing more than one $100,000 case in a year. That's insane. I know. <laughs> from, I, know. From, I know. From my perspective, that's awesome. So the MDRT experience really allows you to 
know what's outside of the the, the four walls of your company and really For just sure. expand expand your minds. So that's and fantastic. They're the best people in the world. I mean, imagine go, it's the Olympics of financial services, and mm. you just go mm-hmm. and you got to get to meet with these people, and they're willing to share, and you're like what you can do that so for for whatever it's worth i'm a little country boy in a little town on the western uh slopes of the rocky mountains in wyoming i I, i've done okay but i think a lot of it has to do with the advisors that i surrounded myself with and tried to copy you know maybe i'm just a really good copycat i feel like the best in the business are the are the ones that are able to uh take other people's ideas and frame them into their own. How many times have you qualified for MDRT? 16 times. 16 out of 16. That's consistency. Now, Randy, you first came on my radar several years ago. I was mm-hmm. at a meeting and someone mentioned stairs and buckets. And yeah. I'm like stairs I'm like stairs and buckets. What are you talking about? Like the thing that you use in the garden and you know the things you walk up to go upstairs. And they're like, no, no, stairs and buckets. Just uh, check check out this video. You need to subscribe to this thing and mm-hmm. you know uh, check it out. So I did, and I'm like, holy mackerel! This is the easiest, most effective way to explain the difference between term and permanent life insurance that I had ever seen. So I you know bought it on the spot. How did you come up with that presentation? I mean, it's so good. How, how did you come up with that? You know. Um, I'm a real visual learner myself, and I believe that a picture speaks a thousand words. And I saw so many agents and team members encumbered with a 45-minute to two-hour presentations trying to spit out what life insurance was and what life insurance could do. I'm like, there's got to be a better way. We got to make this simple. And I'm like, if a third grader can understand this, then we'll be able to sell this. And so what I did is I tried to create a visual storyboard and it started on a white uh, board and a white sheet of paper and basically drawing uh, pictures to tell a story. And then I started sharing that and agents are like, you gotta create this in some type of a video or something for us because this is fantastic. So that was the, that's what started it all. So you can go to stairsandbuckets.com or to insuranceagencytraining.org. either website takes you there and you can check out whether you want it in English or English and Spanish or if you speak either Mandarin or Cantonese we have it in four languages Uh, and you can go in there and watch that it's about a four minute conversation and is designed to be so simple that you can insert it into a P&C transaction so as you're helping somebody with their motorcycle or their boat or their car or their home you can just, hey, well, I've got you here, and you can show it, and you can have this quick, concise conversation about life insurance. And it's not a needs conversation. It's a wants conversation. The Stairs and Buckets video teaches clients why they want to have life insurance, what's in it for them. And I learned a long time ago that I need to lose a little bit of weight, but I like to sit down and watch a ball game with a bowl of ice cream, right? <laughs> and uh, sometimes my wants uh, seem to drive my decisions more than my needs do. And and so understanding that the whole video was designed to keep it simple and drive people to what they really want, which is a place of security where they have more wealth than when you found them. And when you can show them how life insurance helps them do that, suddenly writing a check for a hundred bucks or 300 bucks or even a thousand dollars a month is a no-brainer where before that they didn't want to spend 20 bucks on life insurance. 
So wow. that's the whole purpose behind using stairs and buckets. Here's the other thing. Team members want to pivot, but they don't know what to say. So we gave them a tool. Just push play and shut up. Let the video do the talking. And then when you're done, you just smile and say, well, what do you think, Shay? Do you want to give it a try? And let the, let, let the customer tell you what they want. So that's the purpose of stairs and buckets and how that came to be. Four minutes to say what most people take 45 minutes to say. That's fantastic. And that's the minimum effective dose if I've ever heard it. <laughs> Welcome back to the Founders Corner. Today, our guest is Today App founder, Mansoor Hassan. Mansoor, how are you today? I'm great, Shay. How are you? Living the dream, for sure. I was talking to one of our users in the last week or so, and they asked me an interesting question, and I thought, Mansoor is the guy to answer this question. And so today, our question for the Founders Corner is this. What are the key components of a good pivot script? Okay, that's a good question. A good pivot script. Um, I think there's. I think there, if I broke that down, I'd say there's three good key components to a pivot script. Um, number one, I think you need to have a simple transition, something that that can simply be transitioned into uh, for your team or for somebody to read quickly. The second component. Um, would be a hook. You've got to kind of hook them in and grab their attention. And then the third component I would say would be an ask or a question. Uh, I'll break all three of these components down just a little bit more and give an example. But that, that last one, you're asking a question, you have an ask with that pivot. Um, so let's take that first one, the simple transition. With a simple transition, you're, you're normally finishing up whatever task they're asking you to finish up, whether that be taking a payment, filing a claim, asking a question about coverage, something like that. And so a, a simple transition example would be like a, by the way, hey, by the way, or I see here that, you know, you're, you're transitioning from what you were talking about into now another ask or another question or a hook. Another one would be most people who you know, most people who have their home and auto with us also have their life insurance. Most people who have just filed a claim find it very important to sit down and come and review your policies. So you're transitioning into that pivot. Another one is, as I was, so you're kind of getting into this additional pivot with, hey, as I was taking your payment, or as I was pulling up your account, or as I was filing your claim. So that's just kind of that simple transition piece. The second component would be that hook. So that's where you're like introducing what you're going to be talking to them about within that pivot. Hey, I noticed that we didn't have anything in our records concerning your life insurance, or I noticed that we didn't have anything in your records concerning your family would be taken care of if you lost your job due to an accident or an illness. Um, so you're showing the problem to them you're cre or creating the problem. I hesitate to say creating the problem because the problem is probably already there. You're just showing it to them or you're making it big in their mind. And so you kind of want to disturb them a little bit with that hook. So something to help them to want to create action. Um, and then that flows into that third component of the pivot, which is the ask or the question. Um, that's where you're asking them or trying to get their, their buy-in or their affirmation. So, hey, what are your plans for that? Or how concerned are you about that? Is that something that you'd like more in information on? Is that something you'd like to sit down and talk about? So that's the ask. So with this, with these three components, that simple transition, the hook, and the ask, it's got to feel really natural to your team. 
It's got to feel like it's just an, an add-on to what they're already talking about. Um, you've got to read it very naturally. So they have to practice it and make it kind of sound natural, like it's coming off the cuff. Uh, and then lastly, they really need to be sincere. Um, if, if they're not sincere with it, then don't have them pivot, because really what these pivots are for is it's for them to, to get deeper into that relationship with the household, to uncover needs that they might have not thought about, and to build that relationship even further. So that sincerity is really important. But I'd say that those are, those are the components that would make a good pivot script uh, for your team. That's awesome. In, in thinking about pivoting and pivoting, what would be the first pivot that you would want to introduce to a new team member for them to be able to start from service transactions into sales? Yeah. So what one of the ones that I do with new team members, because they get intimidated by life insurance. I don't know what to say, or I don't know what if they bring this up, what if they bring that up? So a, a very simple one to, to start them out on is the appointment setting. Um, because they don't have to do anything but set the appointment because somebody else is going to sell it. Having them just ask the question, hey, it's been a while since our last review. Monsoor really likes to sit down with his clients uh, and go over the policies in detail with them to make sure that you know what's going to protect them. Um, and they go through a couple other work tracks with that, and then they just try to set the appointment because they're not going to worry about rejection because if they don't come in, no big deal. They're still our client. That's a really good one to do. And then also, if you even want to kind of dip their toe in the water a little bit, you know, just a little bit less, you can just do an account update uh, pivot. So, hey, I, while I'm doing this, let's just make sure your information's correct in our system. Is this still a good email for you? How do you prefer to be contacted? Um, and then I always have them throw in one little question at the end of that is, hey, how concerned are you about, you know, paying off your house if something were to happen to you, like you died prematurely? And really, they're just gauging interest at that point. They're not asking about product or anything, they're gauging the interest and they can pass that along to somebody else. So I think starting with one of those two pivots is a good means to kind of get their feet wet. That's awesome, man. Mansoor, thank you so much for bringing your insight today and thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. There is so much great information that Randy provided during part one of our conversation. I absolutely cannot wait for you to hear part two coming out in two weeks on June 15th. You can also visit www.stairsandbuckets.com to buy Randy's book, to subscribe to Stairs and Buckets, his video insurance sales service, and his additional materials as well. Well, that'll do it for today's episode. If you're interested, please send in your questions for a future Founders Corner segment at thedailywin at todayapp.com. And if you really have enjoyed our show, if you could, please rate and subscribe to our show. If you really love it, please leave a review. Give us five stars if it's really, really great, but we want to earn it. So whatever rating you want to give us, please give it to us. But hey, we'd love it if it's five stars. And if you do subscribe to our show, we have new episodes dropping every two weeks. And so if you subscribe on your favorite podcast platform, whether it's Apple, Spotify, Google, Breaker, Overcast, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, or Anchor, our show will automatically drop in your feed on the release date. And if you subscribe today, you will have part two of our conversation with Randy drop in your feed automatically at midnight on June 15th. So thanks again to 16-time MDRT agent and 29-time President's Club agent Randy Thompson for joining us and bringing so much energy and insight. And thank you for listening. Have a winning day. Mm -hmm.